Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What you need to know and when you need to know it. KFI AM640 Los Angeles, Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. Well, good morning and welcome to a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Weather was odd and wonderful. And then we get a switch this morning. So we go from cool and I don't know if you got any rain, early morning rain where you are. I know I walked out both uh, Friday morning and Saturday morning went, oh, yeah, we got that rain. Well, the National Weather Service today has issued red flag warnings for elevated fire risk in parts of SoCal. Told you it was a big switch. Also, all over Southern California, we had protests uh, in the death of George Floyd. Crowds gathered yesterday in places like Hollywood, Huntington Beach, Fullerton, North Hollywood. Also, the Minneapolis City Council has voted in support of dismantling the city's police department in response to the death of George Floyd. Coming up at 5.05, we're going to talk with ABC's Karen Travers. President Trump announced he plans to pull National Guard troops out of Washington, D.C. now that everything is under perfect control, as he puts it. And according to the tweet also in that same one, he says that the troops are going home, but they can return quickly if needed. So we'll get into that with Karen in just a second. But let's start with some of those stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Red flag warnings are in effect for much of Los Angeles, Ventura, and Santa Barbara counties. The National Weather Service says fire risk will be higher until tonight because of low humidity and gusty winds. A high wind warning for L.A. and Ventura County Mountains says some areas could get wind gusts of up to 60 miles an hour. I know when I left the house, so when I left Glendora, Not really much of anything, but when I got here in Burbank, holy cow, it was like I went into a wind tunnel. It's crazy. The Compton Cowboys have ridden on horseback to City Hall as part of a peaceful Black Lives Matter rally. This woman who lives in Compton told NBC4 she was encouraged by what she saw yesterday. I'm a Compton native, so this is awesome to see our community come together um, peacefully. Crowds also gathered yesterday in Huntington Beach, Hollywood, North Hollywood, Fullerton, Glendale, and L.A. City Hall. The crowd in Hollywood was estimated at 50,000. A majority of Minneapolis City Council members have voted in favor of disbanding the police department in response to George Floyd's death. This council member says Minneapolis should end policing as we know it and create a new community-based safety system. Councilman Steve Fletcher says attempts at reform have failed. It's not that we're dismantling a system that was working. We're dismantling a system that actually wasn't working very well for us uh, and seeing if we can design something better, and I believe we can. The mayor of Minneapolis is opposed to disbanding, disbanding the department. Defunding the police is a major policy goal of Black Lives Matter. Officials in both Los Angeles and New York City have proposed diverting some police funding to community programs. Pasadena's police chief has suspended the use of a restraint sometimes called the blood choke. 
The carotid restraint methods restricts the blood flow to make a person pass out. It can also be fatal. Governor Newsom has ordered other police departments around the state to stop teaching the method. Newsom says it has no place in 21st century policing. Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney has joined a protest in Washington, D.C. The Washington Post noticed Romney in the crowd Sunday and asked why he was there. And violence and brutality and to make sure that people understand that Black Lives Matter. Romney tweeted out some photos with the caption, Black Lives Matter, which were retweeted more than 49,000 times. Romney also shared a photo of his dad taking part in a civil rights protest in the 60s when he was governor of Michigan. Well, it's been two weeks since George Floyd died. Floyd died after, of course, the Minneapolis police officer kneeled on his neck for nearly nine minutes. The county medical examiner found Floyd experienced heart failure as a complication of the neck compression. An independent examiner hired by the Floyd family found the death was due to asphyxiation. Both ruled the death a homicide. Four officers are facing criminal charges. As you know, the three officers who were involved in the death, not actually former officer Chauvin, who put his knee on George Floyd's neck, they were in court last week. Well, former officer Chauvin will be in court today. Investigators say the ambush-style killing of a deputy in Santa Cruz might be linked to the killing of a federal officer in Oakland. The Santa Cruz Sheriff's Department, uh, the deputy who died Saturday along with two other officers was shot. The shots were fired from a van just like they were in the fatal shooting in Oakland about a week earlier. Now, this time, police say they caught the shooter. He's a member of the Air Force. He was shot during the arrest and taken to a hospital. Karen Travers, good morning to you. Hope you had a good weekend. Good morning. I did. How about yourself? It was good. It was good. We did some... uh, canning of jam of all things i mean you talk about going old school you're very pinterest i like it (laughs) super trendy very pinterest of me all right so let's talk about that with the president tweeted over the weekend talking about the the troops in washington dc he says he's gonna have the national guard go home but just a reminder they can come back quickly Yeah, that's what the president said. He gave the order to start the process of withdrawing about 5,000 National Guard troops who had been deployed to D.C. Uh, They say this will happen over the next 48 to 72 hours. So by the middle of this week, uh, the out-of-state National Guard troops will be gone. About 1,200 from the D.C. National Guard will remain on duty, according to the Army Secretary. The president says this decision was because everything is under perfect control and far fewer protesters showed up over the weekend than anticipated. That is not true. The the protests this weekend in D.C. were very large, very peaceful. There's tens of thousands of people uh, throughout the city. Eventually, groups were converging on the White House. But our colleagues who were down there, anecdotally hearing from friends and neighbors, too, it was more like a festival atmosphere over the weekend uh, with very nice weather and a lot of families actually showing up outside the White House. So certainly nothing like what we saw last weekend. Things had very much changed in the middle of last week. Oh, my gosh, yes. It was such a different, um, even some mm-hmm. of the protesters, the cuts that I heard from them here, uh, we had huge protests, especially in the Hollywood area. Thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. came out. And that's what I kept hearing, that the vibe was incredible, that the electricity in the crowd was incredible. So positive, mm-hmm. lots of music, lots of uh, hope, I guess, in the crowd. 
Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, they were able to talk about the message that they wanted to put out, uh, a message against police brutality, a message against racism. I think one thing that's really interesting, you can Google the images, it's very stunning. There was significant amount of fencing up around the White House right now, about 1.7 miles around the entire complex and the ellipse that's south of the White House. So you can't get anywhere near the grounds. But over the weekend, Demonstrators started putting up colorful posters, uh, things, signs that they had carried down to the uh, different rallies or things that they were bringing down uh, with their messages on it and taping it up or tying it up to the fencing. So it's kind of a beautiful scene right now, uh, but very striking imagery to see these colorful posters and artwork going up around these very, very tall metal fence. Oh, I'm seeing it right now. You're right. It is. It, it's a. Um... It's a contrast to what the signs, mm-hmm. the, the vibe that the signs are giving us off, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I'm wondering, too, when those fences will come down if the president says everything's under perfect control now. They have not officially said uh, there was some reporting yesterday that the fencing would come down on Wednesday. Uh, this had started to go up last Thursday with uh, the concrete barriers as well. Uh, but they say that now that the guard is moving out and things have uh, certainly change tone that the fencing would come down. We'll see. I mean, one thing, having been here in a long time in Washington, uh, when security measures go into place and they say they're temporary, sometimes they stay a little bit more permanent. So we'll see how this looks by the end of this week. We'll check back in for you. All right. Sounds great, Karen. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Have, have a great day. All right. Thanks. You too. See you later. ABC's Karen Travers. And on one hand, you look at this and you think, well, I mean, the, the fencing went up, but it was only after... There were a number of protests that took place. Remember the the early on ones where fires were set and that sort of thing. And so it might have been necessary then. But based on what we saw this weekend and the president saying he's going to pull the National Guard troops out based on the number of just very peaceful protests across the country. You know, they were they were loud. There were a number of people out there, but you weren't hearing of looting and rioting and and fires and anything like that. Nothing like we saw a week ago. And uh, it's just the tone has changed. The vibe has changed. And uh, let's just pray that it stays that way. Now, Joe Biden is set to meet with George Floyd's family today in Houston. Biden will also appear via video message at a funeral tomorrow. President Trump has spoken with the Floyd family by phone. Coming up at 520, we're going to talk with ABC's Jim Ryan uh, a little bit more about George Floyd's time in Houston. That's kind of where he grew up before he moved to Seattle, Seattle, Minneapolis. And so we're going to find out a little bit more about him going back there, where he'll be buried, those sorts of things. That's at 520. Now, a man has been shot at a protest in Seattle where someone drove a car into the crowd. The car hit a barricade last night where crowds have been demonstrating for days near a police precinct. After the crash, a protester appeared to confront the driver by going up to the driver's side window. The protester then fell down and people realized he'd been shot. The driver got out of the car and could be seen holding a gun. The protester was taken to the hospital and the driver was arrested. Now, Democrats in Congress are about to reveal their plans for a police accountability act. The Justice in Policing Act would set new national police training standards and make it easier to prosecute officers for misconduct committed knowingly or with reckless disregard. The bill would also create a national database of excessive force incidents. All right, now we've got coronavirus news. So we go from one giant story into the other giant story. 
New York is entering phase one of its reopening plan. Retail shops in NYC are now allowed to do curbside pickups. Construction and manufacturing can resume. As many as 400,000 people could get back to work in New York City this week. COVID-19 has been blamed on more than 30,000 deaths in New York City. Most national cemeteries are resuming federal services for veterans for the first time in more than two months. Services will still have limits on how many people can attend. Masks and physical distancing are still required. Then you've got the U.S.-Canada border that's set to reopen in two weeks and for the first time since March. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says family members of Canadian citizens might be let back in even sooner. It's not clear yet whether the reopening will include a mandatory quarantine period. U.S. officials are opposed to the idea and say it would amount to keeping the border closed. New Zealand. This is interesting. It claims it has eradicated COVID-19. Prime Minister says she did a little dance when she found out the last known infected person has recovered. New Zealand will be one of the first countries to resume large crowd events. The prime minister says more cases are likely, so people should still practice social distancing. But the country is doing away with all distancing mandates. Border restrictions will remain. The CEO of the British airline Ryanair says the new quarantine rule will cause untold devastation to the tourism industry. Starting today, almost all travelers to Britain are required to quarantine for two weeks upon arrival Non-compliance is punishable by a fine. The CEO of Ryanair says the rule will hurt not just airlines, but hotels, attractions, and restaurants. So for anybody who had plans to go to Hawaii, they've still got that two-week quarantine in effect. Uh, Now, if you are going to Britain, it's got a two-week quarantine in effect. So unless you've got some serious time off built up, I don't see any of us taking any uh, fancy trips anytime soon. All right, this was a cool story, and I've got the information up at KFIAM640.com, keyword wake-up call. But pop-up pantries, as you know, have popped up all over Southern California. Specifically, I'm looking at Orange County here. And it's those, they're ones that have provided groceries to people during this, the pandemic because a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people found themselves going to a food bank for the first time. And remember the big thing for, uh, you know, all of us pet parents who worry about rescue animals and that sort of thing was that people would all of a sudden lose their job, realize they couldn't feed their family. And maybe one of the first things that they would have to lose is their pets. God forbid that happens. Well, now they don't have to worry about feeding them because OC Animal Care decided to launch its own food giveaway, kind of its own pop up, but this time for pets of the families. So on Saturday morning, June 13th, the shelter is going to debut its family first, F-U-R-S-T, first food pantry slated to take place the second Saturday of every month. And it says all of us have pets that are important to us, according to supervisor Lisa Bartlett. So pet owners can pick up a free bag of food for their dogs, cats, and rabbits from eight to 10. This is going to be this Saturday, June 13th. While supplies last, and they say our goal is for people in economic crisis not to have to abandon their pets in the shelter. So there you go. If you need a little help, don't be afraid to get it. That's what it's there for. That's why they're holding events like this. Same as, you know, we've all had to swallow our pride sometimes and do things we never thought that we would have to do. 
And whether it be go to a food bank or whatever the case may be, if you need to feed everybody in your family, don't forget your furry ones. They're part of your family, too. So, again, this is going to be at the OC Animal Care, June 13th from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's George uh, Jim Ryan. More on the body of George Floyd arriving in Houston for burial today, along with traffic and your forecast on your wake-up call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm back where I belong. Where I belong. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Monday. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Now the National Weather Service has issued red flag warnings for elevated fire risks in parts of L.A., Ventura, and Santa Barbara counties. And now we are watching a fire that apparently right now is out of control. It's burned at least 20, some reports say 30 acres. The fire is in some hills near the detention center near Castaic. It is visible from the five. Aircraft have started water drops on this, so hopefully they can get a handle on this. But this uh, fire risk that we've got today is accompanied by a wind advisory that is in effect until noon and wind gusts in mountain areas of L.A. and Ventura counties could reach 60 miles an hour today. So we're going to keep an eye on this one for you. Coming up at 535, we'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow. And for the first time, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin appears in court today. He's charged with second-degree murder in the death of George Floyd. He's the one who actually had his knee pinned on George Floyd's neck. So we'll get more on the charges from Ryan and also what the other officers arrested in George Floyd's death are saying about Chauvin and specifically what their defenses are going to be. That part to me is kind of interesting too. Right now, let's say hello to ABC's Jim Ryan. Hey, Jim, good morning. A somber mood, I'm sure, in Houston this morning as the body of George Floyd has arrived for its burial. Yes, uh, today there will be a public viewing. Thousands are expected to turn up Jennifer at the church where the funeral will be held tomorrow. In groups, so of a dozen or 15 or so, people will be allowed into the church for this public viewing. They'll file past the casket. The next group will come in. COVID-19 has complicated matters, of course. All those people will be wearing facial coverings. They'll be wearing gloves as they're brought in. And the weather also is a complication. It's going to be extremely hot, extremely humid here today. And thousands of people standing outside a church waiting to get inside. And I, I even noticed that they've got transportation provided. I mean, this yeah. is they know how many people are going to be out for this weather aside. I mean, they just know that people want to be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. They set up a, a shuttle service that will run people from one location to out to the church. Yeah, that way, people will be able to wait in a cooler place for their opportunity to get to the church. So, yeah, I think they're, they're trying to plan for large crowd. They're planning for the COVID-19 social distancing tenets and also planning for transportation. And, you know, considering the heat, it's going to be really an interesting time and a a challenge to the police and to the planners of this event. Oh, my gosh. Yes, because even up until now, very few people have actually 
done funerals in the, in the sense of the big sense of funerals. So many people I know who have had loved ones or friends or whatever who have died have been forced to go to the funeral via a Zoom video conference. So even the fact that there is a physical presence in a funeral right now, that's probably got to be a close to a first for the church. Well, potentially, yeah. And, and again, again, this is the viewing that's happening today. People will simply file past and then walk out the other day door and uh, and leave the area. The actual funeral tomorrow is by invitation only. The church holds something like 2,500 people, but the service will be smaller than that, uh, partly because of those COVID-19 restrictions to ensure that people can stay some distance away from each other. We saw a prelude to the event that will happen here in Houston in Minneapolis and in North Carolina, where large memorial services and a public viewing were held uh, in uh, North Carolina. Now, can you explain to people why Houston specifically? What is George Floyd's connection there? He grew up in this part of Houston, the third ward of Houston, in the southwest part of the city. He moved away from here in 2017, so it wasn't that long ago. And he still has a lot of friends. His family still lives here. His uh, mother was buried here. She died, as you know, two years ago. And uh, he will be buried right next to her uh, tomorrow afternoon. What Do you know why he moved to Minneapolis? What was the draw there? Some people are saying, you know, just they're just curious about him. Yeah, he's looking for a new start. That was it. And that was really the, the explanation that he gave. And he was working security up there. We know now that uh, he may have overlapped shifts at a club, a nightclub, where he worked as a security guard, as did uh, Derek Chauvin, the, the police officer who had his knee on his neck. So they might actually have at least had some kind of acquaintance. Interesting. All that I know will come out for sure. Thank you so much, Jim, for explaining all All that. Thanks, Jim. All right. See you later. ABC's Jim Ryan. All right. Well, we will uh, let you know how things go today. And uh, just imagine just from a logistics standpoint, you are in charge of putting together this viewing. And you know that thousands and thousands of people are going to show up And you're only going to let groups of 10 to 15 in at a time when you've got excessive heat. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of excessive heat, if you missed it, we are keeping an eye on a fire. Uh, KTLA is calling it an equestrian fire of at least 30 acres. This is just south of Castaic near the detention center. So uh, right now it is burning out of control. We do know that water drops, drops are taking place, but we do have a wind advisory in that area. So it could make the firefight pretty tough. A Seal Beach police officer has shot through the windshield of a car that rammed into his cruiser and then drove off. It turned out that the car had two kids inside and was driven by a man who was allegedly drunk. The Seal Beach PD says officers put the children's safety first as soon as they realized the kids were in the car. A four-year-old girl was pulled away from the accused drunk driver before the cops tased and arrested him. He was charged with felony hit and run and child endangerment. Lady Gaga fans, got something to be happy about this morning. Lady Gaga's new album is here, and it's the sixth to hit number one on Billboard 200. Chromatica is the best-selling album by a female artist so far this year. The single Rain On Me with Ariana Grande is currently number one on the Hot 100. Lady Gaga's first number one album was born this way. That was in 2011. And... Have you been itching to buy a new place? Remember real estate last month during kind of the the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic, the restrictions and that sort of thing. 
we saw home sales go down in Southern California. All of a sudden, they're on the rise again. So people are looking to get out, right? (laughs) Well, if you've got $68 million, I got the house for you. It's the most expensive home for sale in Orange County. It's a contemporary Mediterranean-style estate on a nearly one-acre hilltop in Newport Coast. $68 million. It's in the Crystal Cove community, of course, in a gated community. It's an 18,717-square-foot house. The address is 15 Del Mar. Not that you can get in to see it, but at least you can look it up. 15 Del Mar is the address. It was built in 2017, so the puppy's basically brand new. It's got six bedrooms, 13 bathrooms. If you only have six bedrooms, and say at most you have two people in the bedroom, each person still has their own bathroom, and you have one left over. It's an open plan of open floor plan design for seamless indoor and outdoor living. It has an 80-mile-wide panorama of ocean coastline and city lights. I love how realtors do this. That unfold before you from every major room. Although, I guess if you're on an acre of Newport Coast, you probably could. It's got a gym, home theater, and sauna. Outside, the house shares manicured grounds with a guest house, a central courtyard, an outdoor fireplace, a water feature, and a negative-edge swimming pool with built-in lounge chairs. Oh, and don't forget, there is a sunken outdoor lounge area with a fire pit and built-in seating. And the property's capped off with a 6,800-square-foot garage. A garage. That's like six normal people houses. It has space for a dozen cars. But if you got 13 bathrooms, then, you know... Got at least 13 butts, so you need at least a dozen cars. <sighs> 68 mil. If you've got the cash and you're going to buy that house, <laughs> you call me because I, I feel like I get a finder's fee on that one. I told you about it. <laughs> All right, we come back. We'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow. Today, for the first time, the Minneapolis police officer, former officer Derek Chauvin, Appears in court today. He's charged with second-degree murder in the death of George Floyd. The other officers also arrested in this case have already been in court. But I want to hear what his defense is going to be and what their defenses are going to be. And he may be involved in their defenses. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are keeping a close eye on a fire that is burning near Castaic. It's burned somewhere between 20 and 30 acres. The fire is in some hills near the detention center and is visible from the five. Aircraft have started water drops, but we've got red flag warnings in effect for much of Los Angeles, Ventura, and Santa Barbara counties. The National Weather Service says fire risk is going to be high until tonight because of low humidity and gusty winds. We've got a wind advisory in effect until noon today, and some areas could get gusts of wind up to 60 miles an hour, including 
the hilly areas of L.A. County. So that's not good for this Castaic area. News is brought to you by Mike Diamond, the Smell Good Plumber. Let's say hello to ABC's Ryan Burrow. Ryan, good morning. In that promo that you just heard, you had uh, the the comments that the Minneapolis um, police officer, former officer, Derek Chauvin, was going to be charged with second-degree murder. And today, for the first time, he's going to be in court. Yeah, exactly two weeks to the day that that incident happened in which he attempted to arrest uh, George Floyd and had his knee on the back of the neck, the video that we've seen so many times. The three other officers who were involved have already appeared in courts. Remember, their bond was set at a million dollars or 750000 uh, with uh, some conditions applied to that. We expect to see a very similar result today for that uh, initial court appearance. We don't necessarily know that he'll have to enter in any kind of plea at this point, and to be honest with you, we don't know if he'll necessarily need to appear in court or if he'll be able to do this via video link. So that's still kind of up in the air. But yeah, the second degree murder charge, this is a murder charge of uh, not necessarily intent to murder, but intent on committing a felony, which led to a murder. Uh, The attorney general seems to think that is the best course of action as to getting a, a charge to stick and to get a conviction in the end. Why did it take longer for him to appear in court than his former colleagues? Yeah, it's a good question. I think logistically speaking, there were some changes uh, to how he was being detained. Uh, Remember, he initially started in Ramsey County, which is where St. Paul is, and then was moved to Hennepin County before being uh, shifted to a uh, isolated facility at the maximum security state prison about 25 miles away. So from that perspective, it may just have been logistics. But uh, we have not heard yet from his attorneys. We have not heard of any line of defense. We have not heard uh, from family members. Remember, his wife filed for divorce uh, days after the uh, the incident took place. So um, this would be really the first time that we've seen or heard him other than these mugshots that uh, we've been uh, sent over the last two weeks. And that's interesting that no line of defense, because already you're seeing headlines that his former colleagues might basically flip on him and say, hey, we were rookies, uh, you know, use use him as the scapegoat as the bad guy to try and make themselves look better it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In what went down? Yeah, and remember, this is going to this is a long process. This will probably just be his initial uh, court hearing. So we don't know if we're actually going to hear anything from defense attorneys. We don't even know who that defense attorney is to this point. What's going on in Minneapolis though is pretty interesting. The city council over the weekend announcing yeah. nine of twelve members, by the way, uh, that they'd like to completely disband the uh, police departments. The mayor not quite on board yet. Um, in fact, on Good Morning America said that he's not for abolishing uh, the police department. But a uh, very interesting take. They say the current efforts have failed, uh, that there's a toxic relationship right now with the police department, and they want to just get rid of police altogether. They don't know what a new public safety system would look like um, when you call 911, what would happen. Um, but uh, that being said, they think that that's better than the current system they've got in place. Oh, I'm glad you explained that, because when I heard disbanding of the cops, it, it okay, great, but what what do you do in that interim? What do you, How do you do that exactly? And who is left to police the place if you're disbanding it 
completely, dismantling the whole thing, you've got to have somebody still who is supposed to provide the lawfulness on the streets. You, you would think so, and maybe that would fall on county. Uh, maybe there would be more efforts to fund or take the money and, and use it to – uh, you know, pursue other ventures like uh, mental health and uh, maybe some of these other things that police have been forced to do that probably, you know, aren't necessarily trained in mental health. Um, maybe maybe if you support some of these other functions, um, you'd be able to get by. But, um, you know, they admit they, they don't quite know what that would look like. And this is something that would take months to figure out. But uh, the mayor does support uh, really reforming the police department. He just doesn't uh, approve of disbanding it. I was just talking with your colleague, Jim Ryan, about uh, George Floyd's body now in Houston. Today will be the viewing. Tomorrow, of course, the memorial. President Trump has called the Floyd family, and I understand former Vice President Joe Biden is going to meet with them. Yes, that's what it sounds like in private. I don't necessarily know that he'll be at the funeral, but it does sound as though he will be meeting with the Floyd family in private at some point today in Houston, Texas. All right. Good, Ryan. Thank you for all the updates. Take care. See you later. That's ABC's Ryan Burrow. So lots happening. And uh, today, we'll, of course, we'll let you know what happens in court. Does Derek Chauvin show? Does he plead? Uh, does Do we, for the first time, hear from his attorney some sort of line of defense? That's going to be hard. With that video there and the other officers, and this is reportedly going to use him as the guy and say, hey, we were rookies. A couple of them were. I, I don't, do you say you're rookies and you didn't know? Do you say you were rookies and you didn't? I don't even know how you use that. But that apparently is going to be what they what they say. It's going to be tough. We'll see. All right, let's get back to some of these stories. I told you we were uh, looking at some coronavirus stories this morning. And more and more places are opening and maybe more and more birthing centers are going to be having to open because quarantine or no quarantine, these Lithuanian babies are fast. Nine-month-old Olivia crawled about 16 feet from her family's living room to the kitchen and was crowned the fastest baby in Lithuania. A local basketball team has held annual baby crawlers races as mid-game entertainment, but COVID-19 canceled them out along with everything else, so online it went. 13 babies crawled through courses set up at home and broadcast on Facebook. A 14th competitor chose to take a midday nap instead. Parents used various ways to coax their baby to the finish line, including toys or mom's outstretched arms promising a hug. Michael Crozier, KFI News. Oh, first off, I'm the 14th baby. I'm the one who would want to take a nap in the middle of it. Like, yeah, forget it. I'm not at the front. Who cares? I'm going to win this thing. And great. Now, how we say that, you know, we were joking that there would be a baby boom because everybody was quarantined together. Now that'll be the new thing is that parents are going to want to make their, <laughs> their little babies. Come on, honey. You're not crawling fast enough. Let's go. Like, what's that carrot on a stick? She got some, you know, hot milk waiting for the baby there at the other side. Come on, honey. Come over here. <laughs> Eureka. Not in California, but in the Rocky Mountains. Real Life Treasure has attracted thousands over the last 10 years to find a chest filled with gold, rubies, emeralds, and diamonds. Two people have died. 
All over now, the treasure's been found. It's apparently worth over a million dollars and was planted a decade ago by Forrest Fenn, who's 89. The art and antiquities collector penned a poem in his autobiography with clues that have now paid off for a treasure hunter that doesn't want to be named. Fenn says the lucky man sent him a photo of the stash to prove his achievement. Fenn says his stunt was to inspire people to experience nature. Michael Serpe, KFI News. If you're a billionaire, why not? Have some fun with it. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> I clearly wasn't a billionaire, as I told you at the start of the show. I bet this, I don't know, cost me, let's see. The pot and the canning rack cost 25 bucks. The jars probably cost, I don't know, 10 bucks. The pectin probably cost another five bucks. So what am I, 40 bucks in now? And say the strawberries at the U-Pick farm cost me 10 bucks. So 50 bucks. I had more fun this weekend. Canning jam. I know this sounds really lame, but weekend before last, Scott and I had gone to Underwood Farms, which is in Moore Park. And we had gone to one of those pick your own farms. That's Underwood Farms. Really fun. And they're doing a great job social distancing, too. If uh, you have if you're looking for a way to get out, they make the lines are really well spaced. You've got to wear masks, even if you ride the the uh, carriage thing that they've got for you there. It's kind of a trailer on a on a um, uh, what do you call it? tractor. And they take you out in a field, but even that is socially distanced. You can't sit next to each other, that sort of thing. They're spraying the whole thing down before and after you get on. Um, And then you pick whatever you want. They've got fruit and lettuce and, you know, celery and whatever. I think we picked a little of everything. Anyway, we picked strawberries. And this past weekend, we had a ton of strawberries left. And we thought, what are we going to do with them? So we decided, I said, hey, let's try canning them. And Scott looked at me like I had a third eye, but, you know, whatever. And so we went to Ace Hardware, got the stuff to can, went home, and we canned. And it was the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. You just mash up the strawberries, add some sugar, add some pectin, a little uh, lemon juice, and you sit there and stir it all up. And the hardest part, of course, was us trying to figure out how you sanitize and and boil the, the jars and that sort of thing. But it was a blast, and it turned out great. I couldn't believe our first time out and the stuff turned out perfectly, but it was so much fun. I know that these things that we've been doing lately, planting and gardening and building things, uh, you know, around the house and canning and whatever, seem a little old school and seem very redneck. I know, you know, my background that, you know, I grew up on a ranch kind of thing. And so that this is kind of me. But going back to your roots sometimes feels really good. And it was just so much fun to do something that I thought. My grandma did this. His grandma did this. My grandparents, you know, it just, it's, this just felt cool. I remember going to my grandparents' backyard and they had a big old garden and it would be my job to, you know, whatever, grab potatoes for the night or pick the strawberries for dessert or whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, if you're just looking for, this is a, a rough time. We've got quarantine. We had curfews. So much unrest and just life just feels unsettled right now. But sometimes just these little things, these little basic things that don't cost a lot of money that are going to keep you entertained for a long time. Um, sometimes that feels really, really good. At least it does for me. So I just thought I'd share that with you. If you're looking for something, you know, think back to what you did as a kid and 
that happiness comes back in droves. At least it did for me. It's just been, it was great. It was a great weekend. So, uh, Michael Crozier, if you're listening, thank you so much for letting me have a day off. It was well needed. And, uh, yeah, strawberry jam for everyone. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with ABC's Aaron Katursky. Look at this. Federal prosecutors in New York have formally requested testimony from Prince Andrew via the United Kingdom. This is all part of the criminal investigation into the alleged co-conspirators, alleged co-conspirators of Jeffrey Epstein. So we'll find out more about this from Aaron in just a second. Traffic in your forecast is coming up on your wake-up call. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Let's say hello to ABC's Aaron Katursky. Hey, Aaron, so federal prosecutors in New York want to hear from Prince Andrew. Why? They do. They are investigating accomplices or alleged accomplices, Jeffrey Epstein, the the sex trafficker who killed himself in prison. And so they want Prince Andrew's testimony as it relates to some of those uh, associates. He's not the target of the investigation, but he was in the company of Epstein and his former girlfriend, Gillian Maxwell, in New York and London in the Virgin Islands. and, And federal prosecutors have now formally requested his testimony through the British government. He seemed uh, willing to cooperate in the beginning, and then all of a sudden it was like a spigot just got shut off. Yeah, he gave that weird interview to the BBC, and he um, he issued a statement saying that he was willing to cooperate, but federal authorities have said that he has not been willing to cooperate, and so now they've sought to compel his testimony through a mutual legal assistance treaty that the United States has with the uh, with the UK. And uh, this is a formal process that any other foreign national would use. They're not going through Buckingham Palace. Uh, we'll see if it succeeds. Um, the, you know, and it's not clear what the, the prince would be able to or, or would be willing to tell federal prosecutors. Any word from Buckingham Palace on this? Are they saying, hey, Prince Andrew, you need to cooperate or we are uh, supportive of this testimony happening? No, no comment at all when we checked with uh, with representatives of the palace. So we're not sure you know, what the next step is going to be. This all goes through the U.K. Home Office, which has uh, also declined to comment. So it's not uh, clear how quickly any testimony from Prince Andrew would come. Um, but it does show that the Epstein investigation remains active and ongoing, you know, even as he you know, is, it, it died by suicide. And where is Jeffrey? Ep- uh, where, where is I know where Jeffrey Epstein is. Where is <laughs> Prince Andrew right now? Well, we believe he's in Britain. Um, you know, he's sort of been a bit estranged from the royal family, given you know the, the, that odd interview and, and his association with Epstein. But um, you know, he he has not been formally charged. He has denied knowing about Epstein's uh, you know widespread scheme to traffic women and girls, uh, but but also seemed to indicate that he might know more than he's let on publicly. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too, Jay. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. And I just want to remind you, the story we're keeping an eye on right now is there's a fire burning near Castaic. It's burned at least 20 acres. There are some reports now it's closer to 30. The fire is in some hills right near the detention center. It is visible from the five. And I'm looking at it right now. And the flames are still going uh, just like they were earlier this morning. 
Uh, air, well, aircraft have started water drops. Now, the National Weather Service has issued red flag warnings for elevated fire risks in areas just like these. So the mountain areas of L.A., Ventura, and Santa Barbara counties. And they're saying that we could see wind gusts up to 60 miles an hour today. And we do have a wind advisory in effect until at least noon. So we'll keep you up to date on this one. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.